0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey guys, this is Jenny Allen and you are listening to the Made for This podcast.
1: Today's scripture is Galatians 2, verses 19 and 20. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And now let's hear from Jenny.
0: happened in my marriage is that we learned to laugh. And now things that used to make us in a fight for a month, we literally look at each other and like start laughing at each other instead of It's 22 years, y'all. Okay. So my husband and I are with our small group and he tells a story about me in the small group, which is just, you just need permission. Like there are the public stories that you say and like you tell everybody, you don't like throw somebody under the bus in front of everybody else without permission, you know? And so I'm sitting there and we were with them for a long time at that point. Like we were going to dinner and like we were together for a long time. And I just, I mean, it was, it could not go away. Like I just kept getting more mad and more mad and we couldn't deal with it. Like we weren't in a position to have a talk about it or to work through it. And so I let it build up, let it build up. And then we, you know, end up at, home and our kids are there and I'm still, you know, my goal is always like, you know, do not be easily offended. Like that is biblical. And I try to live that way where it doesn't, you know, not every little thing ticks me off, but this just couldn't, it was so under my skin and I felt betrayed and I felt unsafe. And that was the lie that was growing, you know, it was just, he can do that and move on. And I'm kind of under the bus and he doesn't even care, you know? And so this bigger narrative of like, now I've moved from, mad to distraught to, you know, now I'm questioning our marriage and like if I'm safe in it, like it moved from like completely something small to this huge marital issue and distrust. And I think that's why we start with anger. Like that's why we're talking about this first is because I think at the root of a lot of other issues and feelings that we have is anger. Now, the sneaky thing about anger is most people, if you ask them if they're an angry person, they will say no. We are accidentally angry and we don't even realize it. Like we don't even notice it. And this was the one. When I sat down to do the study, I actually was like, I don't feel anger. I'm not an angry person. Like that's not something I do. And then I started realizing that really at the core of anger is something that you're going you're gonna to hate this. You ready? It's our rights. Like almost every time that we are offended that leads to anger, it's an issue of our rights. And all of us have these expectations around how people should treat us, around what people should do for us, around how life should go for us, even around how God should work our, all of the things out for us. All of us have expectations. And when those expectations aren't met, the first feeling or emotion that rises up, even if we don't name it, even if we don't yell about it, even if it's not public, is anger. Anger. And that anger can lead to resentment, that anger can lead to bitterness, that anger can lead to sadness, that anger can lead to isolation, that anger can lead to all kinds of bigger things. But the first thing when our expectations aren't met that that comes up in us is anger. And so I had an expectation of Zach that he would protect me, that he would never throw me under a bus, that he would never throw me under a bus in front of people that I care about and that I want to think well of me. And so... Of course, I had a natural reaction of anger. And then the question, next question is, what do we do with that? And what do we, how how does that play out? Now, the reason you're not gonna like this lesson, and I hear about this lesson more than any lesson I have ever taught in a Bible study. I hear about this one is because it is the most freeing thing that people have ever understood about themselves and about the Bible. But it is the most difficult thing that people have ever had to face in the Bible, and it is this, that we have given up our rights, that we have laid down our rights, that the reason the more we walk with Christ, the less easily angered and easily offended we become is because we lay down our rights. We lay down our expectations, and we lay down how we're treated, and we lay down all of it because that's what Christ did. And it is... Uh, It is just impossible. I mean, it really does. In the moment, it feels impossible. Now, I have to say before we get into this deeper, I am not talking about abuse. I am that is not anywhere in the conversation we're going to have. If there is abuse in your life, if somebody is truly mistreating you in an abusive way, verbally, emotionally, spiritually. Physically, that is not okay and you need to share that with somebody and you need to make a plan as to how to not continue to enable that, to get out of from under that, to cause reconciliation to happen. That That is never okay. So that I'm not talking about tolerating that. I am talking about the typical reason we get angry, which is that somebody disappointed us, that somebody hurt us with something that they said that was not a regular abusive occurrence, okay? I'm talking about the just general reasons on a daily basis in healthy relationships, we get mad because all of us do it. All of us have a different relationship with anger. And I think a lot of it has to do with our personalities. A lot of it has to do with our past and our home lives and what did it look like growing up. We tend to react, overreact, underreact based on all of these different things that make us who we are. And what I what's universal and where I want to start is I want to read Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there is a general idea that once we trust Christ, that we give up our lives and take on his. That's a general idea throughout the Bible, throughout Christendom, throughout the history of the church. Like this is the idea that we would lay down our lives and pick up. Christ. And when picking up Christ, what it means is that we would pick up, and it says this in scripture, we would pick up the cross, that we would pick up death. We would lay down our rights and our expectations and what we get out of this life, and we would give up our lives. It is a radical, radical idea. And it is the most freeing truth that you can ever come to terms with. Because when you lay down your life and expectations and rights, all of a sudden you now receive whatever happens to you, whatever said to you, whatever circumstances come into your life, you receive those things as someone who is not demanding their way, but as someone who wants more than anything for their lives to reflect the love and the compassion and the power of God. And so circumstances, and it says this throughout scripture too, that suffering is even meant for good. I mean, how do the the, the backwards way of the Bible is this idea that God can make good of the worst of things. And the way that he does that in our lives, in our minds, in our emotions, in our relationships, the way that he does that is we lay down our rights. We lay down our expectations. And I'm telling you, there is, I, I think about Dallas traffic and my chest gets tight and i feel mad at even just this week like the frustration i have in traffic more or less people i love that that can hurt me so deeply in ways that it's hard to let go of i mean relationships i've had throughout childhood for years and years and years that built up negative things that i'm still fighting in my life how do you how do you forgive when things are years of hurt so i'm not saying this is easy i just know that as we lay down the very things that are most difficult to lay down in our lives we find freedom and again it, i know i hate this because it feels i mean if i was sitting across from coffee with you you tell me your story and i would say no you have every right to be mad be angry i would i would feel that in the moment but i look at the scripture and i'm like i know none of us do like we have been crucified with christ it's no longer me that's even living it's christ living in me and how did he How did he handle it? He's forgiving people, nailing him to a cross. Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. They're killing him. And he's saying, forgive them. There is a radical way that Christ is calling us to live, and it is not easy. It requires constant death, not once and for all death, but like daily when your kids have rebelled and they are spitting in your face, that feels like, no, like I don't deserve this. Yeah, yeah, it's true, but... We can receive what we don't deserve because we aren't defending our honor, our lives, our rights anymore. And I've done this, guys. I remember, oh, I remember when I was being publicly attacked by people that I respect. It'd be one thing if it was like the minions on the internet, you know, but this was like people that I really respect and they had misunderstood something and they were coming at me. And I remember that day. I wanted to go rescue myself. I wanted to go fix it. I wanted, And I was reading, Dad dadgummit, I was reading this book about David and how he never defended his name and how he let God be his defender. And I thought physically, I you know, I justified that it was just even wrong to let this go on. Like, I just need to clear this up. I need to make this right. But I couldn't deny the fact that I was reading this book at the same time that this was happening to me. And so, you know what I did? I called these people and I one by one and I said I want you to know I'm so sorry and what can I do to make this right and I didn't defend my name and I didn't defend what was said and I didn't defend anything I just said I'm so sorry and what can I do to make this right and I just laid down my reputation I laid down my hurt I laid down my approval idol which is really big as I've mentioned before I really wanted to fix it for that purpose alone and I just apologized and I just took it and I mean, the relationships that came from that are still in my life. And I believe that that was something that God showed me was that idea of turning the other cheek, that idea of taking the hit and just, it's okay. Like worst case scenario it's my reputation. Yeah, I'm misunderstood by a few people I respect. I'm misunderstood publicly by a lot of people. But, but worst case scenario, it's my reputation. Am I okay being misunderstood? Am I okay being misrepresented? And I was like, you know what? Because of my identity in Christ, I'm okay. Like I can be shamed publicly. I'll, I can take that and it's okay. And, and you know, it was so interesting. I, it was so painful to come to terms with that. But the second I did it and my shoulders relaxed and I was like, yeah, okay, my reputation, my understanding from my husband, you know, whatever it is that we're trying to protect or we're strong arming, like, could we just let it go? Like, what if we just let it go? And we let people hurt us. Because people hurt us. It happens. And we let people say the horrible thing. Because you know what? The truth is, the reason they're angry at us or the reason they're saying something hurtful, they're hurt too. I mean, it's just the way we are. Like we're all broken. We all hurt each other. We all have our issues that have built up over time. And I've just found such freedom in just letting the offense happen and not making everything a big deal and not making everything right and just living as much as is possible with me at peace with all men. And there's an exhale that comes with it rather than defending my rights and being a victim to everybody's wrongs that they've brought to me. It just It's a miserable way to live and God knows it. And he's saying something difficult to get us to a place of life and peace. And it's the way he works. Romans 8, the spirit of life and peace, but the spirit of life and peace requires a death. And the death is everything. The death is all of our rights. Everything we hope and want. And we just open our hands and go, okay, let it be as you say, like Mary did when she found out she's pregnant and her life could have been over. She could have lost everything. And she said, let it be to me as you say. Like whatever you want for me, that's what I want. Even if it's difficult, even if it t- typically ticks me off. Now, on the big things, I have great stories. I have seen God deliver me. On the small things, like the fact that my daughter could not get to school in time to save her life? God help me, I get ticked. <laughs> it is a small death daily, and it is a big death regularly, and there's no other way around it. And Death is never pretty, and death is never easy. So for two years, I've been working on a project that I believe in so deeply called Get Out of Your Head. And the reason it is called that is because all of us get stuck in our head. And before we talked about that, next season in season three, I wanted to set the stage because emotions are largely what alert us to the things going on in our head. So you do not wanna miss season three. It's coming soon in January. But with season three is the book, and you don't want to miss that either. So pre-order it right now. We got all kinds of goodies for you. Get out of your headbook.com. Go get your copy. Pre-order it today. Okay, so let's get really practical here. Chloe, let's talk about the things that offend us, because for all of us, it's different. And for all of us, we are going to get mad to different levels. It's going to look different for all of us. And it's going to be different things that make us mad.
1: Yeah, I'll, I will never forget that Tim Keller sermon. Everything good goes back to Tim. But he was talking about walking into a restaurant and he was sitting down it's in New York City and he didn't get his tea fast enough or something like that. He felt it rise up, which is a lot of what the anger I feel. It's like these really small inconveniences. And he said, I just I stop and I ask myself, what am I defending right now? Like, what am I trying to protect? And so talk to us about that Jenny like yeah it's those it's those smaller annoyances and those like that feeling of ticked where it's maybe not a big thing but what is something we can ask ourselves and how do we go find that answer well
0: we all feel way too much permission to get mad about everything right now i mean you can see that on the internet like everybody's mad about everything and it's a culture of anger honestly and i think we've got to start by just seeing it in ourselves and what is it on a regular basis that that i feel like i have a right to what is it that I, and I think asking that question, that's a great way to do it. What Tim said, wait, What Tim says. We, we're big Tim Keller fans. If y'all don't know yet, one day, Tim, you're going to come on, you're going to be on our show and we're going to all cry and be so happy. But in the meantime, we'll just talk about, we'll read your quotes. I mean, what Tim said is good because it's, it's, what are you defending? For me, I'm constantly asking myself when I feel like I've been offended. It's like, what do I think I have a right to right now? Like what is, and, and. Almost, it's interesting. I definitely see a theme for me that I want to be understood. That for me, when I was when I was constantly feeling misunderstood, I I would get angry. I would, you know, my my spirit would jump in and want to defend myself. And as I've let go of that and go, and now I just I mean I'm at a place in my life now. When I wrote this, that was the big one for me. Now I've been so misunderstood so much that I've gotten thicker skin to that. I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like I've, I've kind of seen growth in that, that that there's not this willful resistance to being misunderstood. Now it's kind of an expectation. Like, yeah, my expectations are more realistic about that. And I don't need to be understood by everybody to be happy. Like I really am okay. And I think that's the end of the day. What we see when we really walk with Christ is whatever the thing is that, that you're afraid of happening, whatever it is that has hurt you, whatever it, even the minor annoyances. When we lose our lives, when we really say, okay, whatever, let it be as you say, there's this, I don't know, there's this peace that comes that, that's so delightful that you really don't want to lose it. That, that when somebody really tries to make you mad, which I have a kid that's good at this, like he literally tries to make me mad. You can kind of start to laugh and you and you love that piece so much that you won't even let that make you mad because you see it for what it is, which is my rights and defending myself is not going to result in life and peace. It's going to result in further anger and further frustration because that road leads to sin and death. Romans eight says it it's a promise, so you know that question is really helpful what what are what am
1: I trying to defend? What do I think my rights are? You know, ask me another question so. Part of what makes your Bible studies so unique and so great for a group is that they have this box of conversation cards in each study. So I'm going to turn around the stuck conversation (laughs) cards on you and ask you this one. Oh, no. Are you a yeller, a stuffer, or a quiet punisher? These
0: questions are cruel and unusual. (laughs) Okay, am I a yeller? Oh, I'm all of them. Give me the day. What's my mood? I will say I used to be a stuffer because of my approval. I, like I wanted to be at peace. Like I, I didn't bring up my issues. And now my, I think everybody would be like, no, you say all the things now. Like you say what you think now because, you know, I've gotten healthier in one area, but it's probably made me a little more vocal. And and now too, I'm at a place in life where I don't want to hold on to things for long. So like that day when Zach and I got in that fight, which he didn't know we were in the fight till we got home, <laughs> And we had time. When I finally got to say what I wanted to say, I, I, I yelled about it. I was like, that hurt me. And and I let him know why. And I articulated all of it. And I used to stuff it. And I actually think the yeller bit is a little bit healthier for me personally. Now, some people are probably
1: like, I probably should stuff a little more. I I need to say what I feel because I did stuff for so long. So Okay, so we put out a question on Instagram for people to ask questions about anger on Instagram. And one person wrote in and said, when is a time that anger is appropriate? Oh, and there is a time. I mean, as we talked
0: about in a different episode, Jesus was angry, right? So it's possible to feel anger and to not sin in it. And and anger is a very helpful emotion, actually, and a very necessary emotion. In fact, when I have stuffed anger and when I have pushed anger away, I have been numb, I have been complacent, I have been complicit because I have not hated injustice. And so I think when you look at injustice, when you look at abuse, when you look at abuse in the world and abuse in our lives, we need anger because anger moves people to action. And so anger is not always bad at all. And there needs to be a recognition. When I'm laying down my rights, when I talk about that, I want to be really clear. I'm doing that knowingly. It's not like Jesus was a pushover and like everybody walked on him. He just knowingly laid down one thing for the good of another right so he he did it with purpose and with volition now a lot of times in abuse this is a situation where they are being run over stepped on that is not with volition that that's a difference is this is something where we are choosing to lay down a right and we're doing it for a greater purpose there are times when anger is there To point out injustice that we need to move toward, that we need to say that's not right. And there are lots of times to act on that anger, to say something, to do something. The problem is when we're angry all the time, when we're angry about everything, our words don't even mean anything anymore. And so to choose those moments, you look at Jesus's life. There were very few times that he spoke out in anger and, and they were big things. You know, it was misuse of His father's house. I mean, that was he was like, "Oh no, no, you're not going to do this. This is a place for worship. You're not going to profit here." So there were times where he was like, "This is not just, and this is corrupt, and I'm going to say something about it." But he didn't go around writing every wrong and angry at every person sinning. You know, he he usually moved toward people in grace with hope. And can you imagine? I mean, think how he felt about the Pharisees all the time. Like, and how did he handle that? It wasn't in yelling. He'd tell a story that would convict people listening that this is not the best way, but he didn't feel the need to go right every wrong. He didn't feel the need to go call out everything that everybody was doing that was sin. I can't imagine as God on earth how that felt to just see all the sin and be right there where you have a voice to say, huh, idiot, that is not helpful. You are destroying my name. You have your my name on your you know, back as a religious leader and you are really misrepresenting me. I mean, he could have torn into that, but he typically was patient and he typically allowed space and conviction to come on its own and i think that's an important part of this is that that we use our anger and that that emotion wisely that we don't just drop it like a bomb everywhere that's what's happening that i see constantly right now
1: so as we close today give us like a couple of steps to practically diffuse anger next time we get mad
0: okay so my son that gets angry I told him cuz he gets mad at everybody all the time. It's kind of his struggle. And I just said, "Buddy, you can be mad or you can have friends." That's that's just how it is. Like you can go through life mad or you can have peace and you can have friends. And it's true for us too. <laughs> we really just have two ways to live here. So you'll probably feel it today. And when you do, and this is what I tell my son is you take a minute and you breathe, physically breathe, and you exhale. Because that physical, a lot of anger can result in a physical tightness of chest and frustration and tight, you know, you're, you clench your jaw. So you breathe and you make a choice to try to let it go. So one, you breathe. Two, you let it go. You, you just consciously say, I'm going to let that go. And then three, if it will not go and you've given it a little bit of time and space, and sometimes I'll give it 24 hours then it's good to just say something. And the way I've taught my kids to do this is the same way I try to do it more and more as I'm mature is say what hurt you. So mom, instead of yelling at me and punishing me and reacting, buddy, why don't you try this? Mom, that really hurt my feelings when you said blank. Or mom, I felt ignored when you were looking at your phone instead of listening to me. Or mom, this is what I felt. So if we can just use those words, those feeling words of this is what hurt me, then we can usually bring about reconciliation because otherwise we yell, they yell, and now we're in a big knockdown dragout fight, which I've never been in ever <laughs> this week, <laughs> today. <laughs> so today, the question I want you to walk away with is this, what am I defending right now? What am I defending right now? If you can articulate that, you're gonna to start to notice it in your life. You're gonna to start to see yourself rising up against that thing. And maybe it'll be a little bit easier to let that thing rest and let that thing die. But God, we need you. And and it is impossible <laughs> to lay down our lives without your strength and without your power. It goes against everything in us. We are prone to fight for our rights and to fight for ourselves. And God, I pray, God, that that you would show us the delight of rest and the delight of letting things roll off our back, the delight of not being offended so easily. And God, would there be a peace that even just as somebody's listening right now and they're driving, God, that they would exhale and they would feel a peace come over their life as they let go, let go of their rights, let go of what they're trying to defend, let go of what they're fighting for. And God, we know that your spirit, God, is more powerful than any other thing. So Whatever it is that is keeping us from this, you can shift that in us. So we pray. God, we submit to you and we pray that you would help us fight that. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a surprise for you. We have a free bonus episode that I recorded. And I recorded it on my number one most asked question which is how do I do it all? How do I balance work and family and friendships and church? And how do I balance everything? So you are going to want to listen to it. It's the inner journey that I've been through for the past few years of juggling a lot. So I know all of you juggle a lot. Do not
1: miss it. Hey, Chloe, tell everybody how they can get this episode. So guys, pull your phone out and you're gonna text Jenny Allen to the number 31996. And as soon as you send the text back with your email address, you guys will get a link to listen to that bonus episode too.